Climate and Sustainability with Kevin James. And good afternoon to you, uh, Kevin James. Are you good? Yes, and it's all good. And uh, greetings to you and Bongani and the team. All right, welcome, uh, Kevin. Now, Toyota this month launched their alternative uh, vehicle in the form of the uh, Toyota Mirai, the world's first mass market hydrogen cell powered electric vehicle. Uh, seems like the uh, competition is heating up in the alternative vehicle market. Well, that's right, Ernest. I mean, we talk a lot about uh, about sorry Elon Musk and uh, Tesla and uh, obviously a lot of press around that. But the Japanese have been doing a lot of work in the background in the form of the Toyota Mirai, which actually is a Japanese word for future. And um, this is really interesting because they've chosen to go a different route to Musk and Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a technology called um, hydrogen cell, uh, hydrogen fuel cells, and uh, this powers an electric motor. But the interesting part is that it's a very, very low emission technology because it's zero emissions. In fact, what it spits out at the back end as a byproduct is water. So uh, you put in uh, air and water comes out. So it's very interesting. It will be launched in October in California for around 50,000 U.S. dollars, which is about 20,000 less than the Tesla Model S. Although the Tesla Model S, I have to say, is a very sexy design, and uh, a lot of people are buying into the quality of the vehicle. Um, the Toyota is looking more like a normal family sedan. But Elon Musk, Tesla's, uh, they, they uh, found that he's downplayed the, the technology of the um, hydrogen fuel cells. In fact, he's basically rubbished it. He always calls it extremely silly, and he calls them fuel cells. And how it works is that the car gulps in air while it drives. It mixes the oxygen with its hydrogen in a stack of fuel cells to make electricity and power the the engine. So Mariah's sole fuel source is hydrogen, and one of Musk's biggest criticism is that uh, it's only available, hydrogen's only available at a dozen fueling stations, 10 in California, one in Connecticut, one in South Carolina. But Toyota, you can imagine is investing heavily in this technology it's the route they've chosen so you can bet that they will increase the size and number of the refueling stations and the networks very very fast another big criticism um, of musk of this technology is that it's difficult to efficiently produce store and distribute as a fuel in fact a a new hydrogen fueling station will cost a million dollars plus so in terms of range as it compares to the tesla the mirai actually beats the tesla it's got the highest range 300 miles about 450 kilometers while the tesla is 260 five miles and the Nissan Leaf 200 miles and wait for this, it takes only five minutes to refuel the, the, the Toyota Mirai while we know that uh, unless you go into one of uh, Tesla's um, special fueling stations if you plug it in at home it will take you the whole night to refuel so um, unlike some electric cars you can basically do it very very quickly and uh, and that's a big feature so the two things is the time to refuel and obviously the range so they've done a really good job Toyota so it's extremely exciting to see what's going on here in a huge competition not only in the EV market but between technologies so mm. as I say we talk a lot about innovation here and, and, and the, the EV market is something where they're driving it at a hell of a pace eh? yep well uh, everybody's there to benefit there so well done to uh, toyota and the imf just released a report revealing that the uh, fossil fuel industry received an annual uh, annual subsidies rather from world governments to the tune of 5.3 trillion dollars sounds crazy in this day and age 
This is crazy. I mean, this is quite a story because this has been quite an interest of mine. I've done quite a bit of research on this myself, and this is the first time I'm seeing something that's come out that firstly from the International Monetary Fund and, and organizations like the World Bank where they're actually putting a number on it, and this is, this is quite amazing. So let me explain. They've calculated that the fossil fuel industry in 2015 alone benefited to the tune of $5.3 trillion, Ernest. That's about 60 trillion rand. We can't even comprehend what that is. It's yeah. too big a number. Yeah. So just so we are clear, this amounts to about 6% of the world's GDP and is greater than the total health spending of all the world's governments combined. Hmm. Okay, so that's the way of just putting it in perspective. Now, this is made up of about $333 billion of rebates and discounts, with com- which companies, sorry, which governments give to uh, put on, the, on, on fuels to make it more affordable for their citizens in their countries. Hmm. Uh, the bulk of the big number, the $5.3 trillion, comprises the real cost of this energy source. By this, we mean the finan- not only the financial implications, but the social and environmental ills by- caused by burning fossil fuels. So about $1.3 trillion of this amount represents what polluters are not paying to pollute, which is our amounts that are being imposed on governments for burning fossil fuels by international treaties, the UN and everything. So what's happening is the governments aren't paying, are paying those amounts, but they're not passing that expense over to the big utilities and the companies that are burning the fossil fuels. So in fact, it's a subsidy. Then about half the amount of the two and a half trillion dollars of the 5.3 can be attributed to amounts that are paid by world governments to treat fossil fuel induced air pollution and related health issues as well as lost income from related ill health and premature death. So what this report illustrates is current fossil fuel energy prices are painfully below the levels that reflect their true costs. And if the real cost was charged, it would shatter the myth that coal, gas, and oil are cheap, or in fact cheaper um, uh, than renewable energy. So the IMF said that ending subsidies, wait for this, this is what the impact would be. Just ending and cutting subsidies would cut global carbon emissions by 20%, would reduce premature deaths by 50%. That's 1.6 million people per annum. And they would, the need for renewable energy subsidies of $120 billion would go away straight away because renewable energy would become much more attractive proposition. So, Ernest, I mean, really, it's really sheer madness what's going on here um, in a day when we know exactly what the implication and consequences of burning fossil fuels are and trying to end the world's dependence on it and yet we're still paying this amount of money that really could be spent, imagine if it could be spent on education, health or even better driving innovation in the clean green and renewable energy space. So just one of the things that uh, represent the madness of our species I suppose. Yeah I guess so and uh, you know well done on the IMF, Christine Lagarde and the team there for revealing or at least sharing this report yeah, amazing. Uh, really, really game-changing. Startling findings. We'll chat again uh, with groundbreaking uh, news once again, uh, Kevin, next Wednesday, same time. Have a nice Take week. care, Ernest. Thank you.